0: Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. My name is Raik van and my guest today is Fatima Wafta. She's the Managing Director of 27.4 Investment Managers. Fatima, welcome to the show. We are currently seeing a lot of volatility in the market. Uh, This is not new and, and probably... Uh, the new normal, but we are also seeing some potentially explosive political developments, not only in South Africa, but also in the rest of the world, especially the US and the UK. How do you think this will impact equity markets?
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on your show. Uh, There's a lot that's going on geopolitically. I mean, domestically, we're sitting in the middle of an election year. We are in March and in May, uh, two months away from uh, voting. Uh, So that's going to play a serious determining factor on the performance of both our debt and our equity markets this year. Having said that, you know, last year was a disaster year for global financial markets across the board, domestically and internationally. Uh, So we're seeing a lot of good earnings coming through. Uh, We're quite excited about the domestic equity market. But you're 100% right, the headwind to performance of both our equity and other markets, uh, capital markets in South Africa is largely dependent on um, whether we go through a smooth election period, 100% right internationally. Uh, We've had the tariff wars impacting uh, the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, We've got Brexit, which we, uh, Theresa May, really taking it right to the critical end. Um, And we're going to wait and see whether the UK Uh, is going to go for a next uh, referendum or what is going to happen. So there's a lot of uh, things going on that we've got to be cognizant about that is driving a lot of the macro sentiment across the board.
0: Are you trying to be a bit more conservative, maybe uh, move uh, money from equities into other asset classes? No, we're actually very excited about the South African equity
1: market. I mean, if you look at 2018, we had only 31 shares uh, listed in the All Share Index that ended the year without having lost uh, investors money uh so there you know the, the sell-up was so uh wide and broad that there were really good quality companies on the boards um that were really hurt i mean yes we've seen earnings come through this year and some of them have been good and some of them have been bad but largely the bad earnings results have come out of the retailers which is naturally expected given that they are aligned to the economic fundamentals of south africa Uh, but basically on a PE basis, we're trading well below our five year and ten year average. From an asset allocation perspective, we think that there's opportunity on the JSE, and so towards the end of last year, we actually went on a slightly overweight position relative to our long-term strategic asset allocation to domestic equities because we've seen opportunities. You know, earnings have not surprised. And we think there's, there's still a lot of attractive opportunities from earnings. And we saw that come through this month. We saw, I mean, we saw AECI delivering good earnings. We saw Richmond didn't come out with that bad earnings. Where we did see... Um, I mean, ETL TAO, for example, also came out with very strong earnings. So where we did see uh, not great numbers come out, and that was totally expected, and that was largely from the shop rights and the Mr. Prices and from the retail counters. The JSE has been performing stellarly over the last two months. Um, So we're quite excited about domestic equities. We do hold our slightly uh, overweight position in domestic equities.
0: The key question is, uh, where do you see value currently? can the JSE or the All-Share Index sustain its momentum? It has uh, built up since the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're seeing dividend yields on the All-Share Index currently sitting at around 3.5%. We're seeing earnings growth expectation for the market encompasses coming in between 75 and 8% over the next 12 months. This provides a really strong base return of between potentially 11.5% to 12%. I mean, given equity, market multiples on a forward basis at around 13 times earnings, which is well below the long-run average multiple of the JST, there is no de-rating in multiples that is expected to impair the return, whereas last year we did see a significant de-rating. So conservative approach is adopted. I mean, I think assuming no multiple re rating supporting a higher return this year um, and that's where we are basically uh, seeing the opportunity uh, based entirely on forward dividend yields, earnings growth expectations, and forward PE multiples. And so outside of the retail sector, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity outside of that. And, you know, generally, as an asset allocator, as a multi-manager, we really focus our attention on styles and where we're seeing opportunity between value, between quality, between low volatility, between momentum. Um, and for the first time in a very long time, we're seeing style mergers because uh, stocks have been sold off and there are opportunities. Mm. Um, so as long as some of the sentiment-driven uh, macro geopolitical factors stay in tune and we don't get those headwinds uh, uh, destroying sentiment, uh, particularly because we're also a very liquid emerging market and emerging markets have been sold off, was sold off aggressively last year. So there is that relative opportunity gap that exists between developed markets and emerging markets. And South Africa is well positioned to be able to absorb uh, some of those international flows. And we've seen that come through quite strongly in January and February. Um, I mean, yes, uh, a lot of the resources have bounced and they've gone through a nice bounce for a while now because of uh, the momentum play that supports that particular sector. Uh, But overall, we think that there's opportunity on the jersey, and and for that reason, we're slightly overweight. Mm. Uh, We still maintain our weighting internationally on equities, um, and given that we are an emerging market, we wouldn't want to place our offshore risk budget towards other emerging markets. So from an offshore perspective, um, you know, we're still going to see mid-to-high single-digit earnings growth come out largely from the U.S. uh, on a composite basis. We've got a current dividend yield on the MSCI world of around 2%. Um, so in dollar terms, in the absence of any material change to ratings, uh, P multiples we know have moderated from elevated levels through the back end of 2018, but we still, you know, we're still holding our maximum position in in offshore, uh, and you know we've got the currency play against that. Uh, is there going to be a massive um, appreciation of the rand? I don't think so. Uh, and so from a currency perspective and a valuation perspective, we're going to maintain our offshore weighting.
0: seven four is, of course, a multi-manager, so you invest in other collective investment schemes. Um, I'm looking at your seven four balance prescient fund of funds. Um, it's a pretty significant fund, uh, nearly 800 million under management. Um, and looking at the the funds in which um, you have invested in, it's quite diverse. Uh, Battelier Equity Prescient Fund, BCI lucas gray is there, coronation Denka, um, Cesfakile, uh, the coronation denker um says and law. how do you actually pick these fund managers and and how do you then actually pick the um specific fund you invest in yes i mean we follow largely multi manager investment process and the first part of the process
1: is really to get our asset allocation right uh, and that asset allocation is based on the quantitative uh modeling process with qualitative input so, I mean, qualitative analysis can only get you to a certain level. But uh, from that, you've got to make lo- logical sense on how you weight the different asset classes. So the first step of the process is really uh, building a lot of confidence through our various internal processes to get to an asset allocation to the different asset classes that we believe will have a strong expectation and a strong probability of meeting the expectation of investment return. That's portfolio in particular sits in the multi-asset medium equity category uh, based on the CISA uh, categorisation of unit trust portfolios. So it can only have uh, a maximum allocation of 60% to equities domestically and internationally. So it is what one would refer to in the risk spectrum a medium risk portfolio. Uh, it's also regulation 28 compliance. So the asset allocation is built on the expectation of delivering the investment return based on that multi asset medium equity category. The next part of the process is really to now decide on the asset managers within each of the different asset classes who you believe are best suited to deliver the expectation of investment return within the building block. So if we look at the equity building block um, on its own, we need to make sure that from a Style perspective, we are style neutral, and that if we take any technical bets to any particular style, we have a strong conviction that that style is going to do well. So, if we look at the blend of managers in that portfolio, they tend to complement each other. We, we don't want to have four managers who are doing exactly the same thing and therefore land up with concentration risk in any particular sector or security, or for that matter, any specific style. Uh, so, we try and understand uh, the managers, their performance signatures, what Uh, what is their competitive edge, and how do they perform uh, uh, in the different cycles of the market and then create blends within the different asset class building blocks that can deliver returns within those building blocks. On the equity side, we sell neutral. We've got a combination of value, um, uh, momentum, and quality plays. Um, In the other uh, asset classes, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, because um, the level of style blending doesn't impact that much. So, in the listed property space, we've got a manager whom we believe um, has consistently performed quite well. That's Tess Kile. Uh, in the bond space, we'll have managers. In the cash space, we'll have managers. And then on the global side, we've got a blend of uh, six offshore managers that fit within that portfolio. And this portfolio is consistently, it's all about consistency and repeatability of performance. And that's what we, uh, you know, what we treasure about that specific. It's one of our flagship portfolios, um, and it's consistently performed quite well over the last decade.
0: How often do you change uh, or reweight the allocation of uh, investment in these funds?
1: We have a 21-person investment team that is largely driven by our chief investment officer. Her name is Claire Rinska, um, and they have quarterly investment committee meetings where we revisit. Uh, the risk budgeting and the allocation to the different asset classes and the allocation to the different asset managers. So typically, small rebalancing takes place on a quarterly basis. It's also largely dependent on cash flows. Um, but we tend to – we are long-term performers, so um, we strongly believe that uh, treating your portfolio uh, like an ATM uh, impacts performance because – of time spent out of the market, as well as the costs associated with regular trading. So we are not managers um, that trade in and out of portfolios regularly. Uh, We'll do small rebalances. Uh, But we've got to make sure that when we create our portfolio and construct our portfolio, we've got strong conviction of what we're including in the portfolio because we're not going to add a manager and then fire him after three months or after a year. We stay with managers for the long road and we'll terminate managers only if um, we have lost confidence in the house or if um, their style or performance signature no longer makes sense in the current environment. So from a rebalancing perspective on a quarterly basis, and then um, terminations and additions generally happen once, twice, every three years.
0: Just lastly, 27.4, it's an interesting name. Where, Where does it come from? 27.4
1: 27-4 comes from the 27th of April, 1994. It was the date of South Africa's first democratic election. Um, it's a day that represents a massive change for South Africans, for the ordinary person in South Africa. Um, and we're really a business that is aligned to transforming the South African financial services sector. We believe in financial inclusivity, that every South African has a fair chance of living a life of dignity. The financial inclusivity is very important, and we believe in diversity of thought, and we believe that the strength of diversity of thought is what grows successful enterprises. Um, and based on that DNA, we chose the Twenty 274 We have just celebrated our 11th anniversary of being in business um, and uh, continue to contribute to society and contribute to the people of South Africa in terms of job creation and growing financial wealth.
0: We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Fatima, and and thanks for sharing your thoughts.
1: It's a wonderful pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: That was Fatima Wafta. She's the managing director of 27 for Investment Managers.